Hey, what's up? My name is Thomas Harple. I'm an entrepreneur and artist musician from Denver, Colorado. I'm excited to bring you the Harps Collective. This is my collection of wisdom I've gathered from other people, stories I've heard from crazy folks, ideas, bits, bobs, hidden gems from cool people in all walks of life, a place for me to explore and talk to myself in a socially acceptable manner with no agenda or niche or anything like that. It's a world of curiosity. I hope you'll come with me. Let's do it. All right, welcome back. I'm excited to have you on the Harps Collective. It is short story time. This is exciting. This is a story I wrote a few years ago about intense, terrible episodes of hunger on an airplane. I had them over and over again, and I diagnosed myself with the chronic condition called hunger on a plane, H-O-A-P, HOAP. So I'm curious if you have ever had HOAP as well. I hope that you'll send me an email, thedenverthomas at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let me know if you've ever had HOAP, and please enjoy my short story. Some of my worst episodes of hunger have come on airplanes. It doesn't matter how ample the breakfast was. This hunger is like nothing I've ever experienced. This is the type of hunger that makes plane-wide turbulence-induced nausea sound like a walk in the park, a preferred alternative, a communal rite of passage with everyone vomiting in unison from a large drop of the steel bird. Boy, I think I would love to have something in my stomach to offer the turbulence gods like everyone else, but I have nothing. I'm starving. Even after a nice breakfast, somehow your stomach has become nothing but air, dark and cold air. Has this ever happened to you? It's similar to how I pictured what being in the womb was like as a child. Dark, vast, and empty. I glance around to see if anyone else in my row or across from me is teetering on the edge of a low blood sugar meltdown, but everyone just looks worried about the turbulence. I, too, wish I could be simply worried about the little bumps and an upset tummy, but on the inside, I'm screaming my guts out, wishing I had something in my guts. I really want to start moaning in front of the other passengers, but I don't want to be labeled as an outcast, even though I feel I already am. I feel alone in my hunger. It's funny how an airplane can do this to someone, and I don't know why. It's as if being on a plane triggers some type of Maslow's pyramidal nosedive, where before, in the airport, I was feeling actualized, comfortable, and thinking existentially at the gate about different people walking by and their perceived zen level on a scale of 1 to 10 or 1 to zen, and if I left the iron on at home, and maybe if I'm satisfied with the particular set of ethics I've employed in my life, and now on the plane, though, I'm locked eyes with the snack cart lady about 30 rows away, wondering what kind of dexterity it would take to pull an entire drawer of infant-sized pretzels out between her kneecaps while she's not looking and stash it under my seat while she is serving the opposite aisle. I eyeball some quick measurements, kneecap widths, and calculate on my napkin. 
Being on United is even worse. At least on Southwest, there's a lady whose sole job is to fill the largest box she can find, or hell, even grab a duffel from the oversized luggage compartment with a litany of snacks and offer handfuls, big, sweaty handfuls, to every row she passes, looking almost a little dejected if you take only one. It could very well be that any unused snacks left over after a Southwest flight are deducted from her salary at 30 cents a pack or roughly a nickel a nut, but we'll never really know. That's just me hypothesizing. This is miles ahead of United Snack Offering. We're looking at a choice for one, one pack of 14 grams, one four grams of peanuts with the occasional wicked hot jalapeno nut or capsule or whatever the hell that spicy, hot, crunchy thing is in there, which will surely corrode my already damaged stomach lining upon entry, rendering United's whole snack process completely miserable. Sometimes I like to crunch up the few napkins I receive with my snack pack to see if they would outweigh the nine nuts I was just served and B, if swallowing them would really be that bad and hard rather than staring at them for the rest of the flight. This is the only time in my life I've considered eating a napkin and also used grams to measure my own food intake because one-sixteenth of a pound of food sounds like some measurement I'd use to feed my gerbil if I were leaving on vacation and had to write a note to the gerbil center for the week. I asked the flight attendant for two creams for my coffee. Not because I like creamed coffee, but because my survival instincts are kicking in and I need calories stat. I figured taking two shots of straight cream, which is executed with a stealthy cough and cover the mouth, tilt the head back and pour down the hatch... I figure it will surely, question mark, keep me alive long enough to make it to the tarmac. I'm not interested in aesthetics or getting romantic with the people around me. I'm interested in regaining my mass and being able to get off this airplane without a metal chair and wheels. Sometimes I get lucky and remember I packed a clementine, which has made its way to the bottom of my backpack and looks far more like a damp pancake at this point. But alas, I have a second round of snacking. Just when I'm halfway between thinking about the prep work and calories, <laughs> this is pretty good writing. Just when I'm halfway between thinking about the calories burned in the prep work to calories received ratio of a clementine, which is surely in the lowest 10th percentile of all fruit and vegetables, only in front of a coconut and orange whose skin is super glued on so tight, I usually just eat the whole orange, citing some Wikipedia factoid about the peels being healthy too, as if. And if a tangerine like actually exists or is just another name for a bigger clementine, <laughs> the cart lady comes through the aisle at a cantering speed, semi-bellowing, watch the cart! At customers who, mostly sleeping, were perfectly out of the way of the cart until twitching awake at her yelling. Then flailing their limbs and bones and connecting el elbow to steel frame of the cart, making that bone-to-metal sound you feel in your own funny bone five rows back. This makes me drop my clementine in shock and watch it roll almost dead straight down that aisle and finally coming to a small thump of a stop against the cockpit door. I've had it. I'm only 14 grams 
nuts and two creams in, which is causing me to start to lose my temper, the kind of anger that you can only get on planes, the kind of irrational anger that claims entire armrests for no reason or makes you dig your knee into the seat in front of you because that person felt entitled to lean the seat back in your space, which he is entitled to. But you're angry. This is the type of anger and squirming that causes air marshals to turn their head from a nap and raise an eyebrow, or flight attendants to question if you're perhaps catatonic. I seek refuge in the airplane bathroom, where for some strange reason it feels perfectly fine to put my nose an inch from the mirror, stare into my own eyes and soul and abyss and mutter, this is my peaceful space. I am in peace here. I am a refugee from my problems. The airplane restroom, probably the only place where restroom is the appropriate and true place for resting, rehab, and relaxing from the stresses of a flight, does beg the question if triple R estroom would be more appropriate. That's a terrible joke. Anyway, I, the restroom does its job and I leave, although a bit jarred because I still can't find out the reason why the toilet flushes somewhere between Mach 3 and 4, which has always worried me since I was a child. Call me curious. So I return to my seat and continue on with the flight, pushing through the hunger until it vanishes as quickly as it came. Kind of like a dark spirit or a demon, simply exercised away by my trip to the holy basin. The restroom. I join the rest of the airplane population and looking out of the window upon descent of the plane, everybody simultaneously thinking the exact same thing in their heads. We are definitely about to crash. Or the pilot, I wonder if he can even find the airport. It's funny. It's sort of a religious experience of impending dread that everybody goes through together as you're about to land, and equally alleviated when everyone realizes the pilots know exactly what they're doing, and the plane lands just fine. The experience I described happens 80% of the time on airplanes, so I just thought I'd share it a bit and ask, has this ever happened to you? I'm hungry to know.